Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders on Broadway and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the actor Brittany Johnson. She's the first black actor to play Glinda in the Broadway production of Wicked. Johnson had been a company member of the show since 2018, and previously understudied and been a standby for the role of the Good Witch of the North. When she went on for the first time in 2019, she was the first actor of color to play Glinda in the Broadway musical ever. This year, as of February 14th, the part became hers full-time. Now she's in the virtual studio with me to tell us about her journey to Broadway, share her advice for aspiring young performers, and reveal how her time as an understudy, a swing, and a standby prepared her for her current history-making run. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'm talking to you just a couple of days after your first performance playing Glinda full-time in Wicked. What was that night like for you? Oh my goodness. It was it was incredible. The energy in the audience, it, it, it was... It, was, it was unreal. People stood up. A lot of people oh stood my up. Goodness. There was a yeah. You had to cut short and standing ovation, right? I like, did. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying so hard. I was like, "Is, is it time? Can I talk?" Nope, can't talk yet. They're still going. <laughs> yeah, you had to start the show, right? That's. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was the mood like backstage? For all that electric, I think we were all just as excited as everyone in the audience. Mm. You know, where we obviously have a job to do and we are you know we take our storytelling very seriously but it was an exciting time just for all of us to be able to play together again and do i have this right was this also your first time performing on broadway since the since lockdown it was and so how how did that feel oh my goodness i was i was trying so hard not to cry (laughs) it's just the there really isn't anything like live theater and even just being in the building is one thing, but being on stage and receiving that that kind of energy, that give and, give and take back with the audience, right. there isn't anything like that. And I really, really missed it. And did that fact, combined with the fact that this was, you know, your first 
performance full time in this role. Did all of that contribute to unusual nerves going on? Yes, actually. <laughs> I remember I came off stage after the opening and I was like, I don't know if I did it, but but we're on to the next scene. I rem <laughs> I just rem I remember feeling very kind of like my Broadway debut, honestly. Mm. It oh. kind of felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you you the, the memorable Glinda entrance is in that sort of bubble contraption thing that's pretty <laughs> high up off that stage. What is oh, yeah. that like to ride in? It's you know you don't really think of the height. Mm, okay. You don't you don't really notice it. <laughs> once you're <laughs> once you're in the air, all yeah. air is the same. It, yeah, and you're strapped in, right? You've got the little like oh, yeah. you've got in a the back and everything. Ballet yeah. harness. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it you feel secure in there. And backstage, how do, do you like climb some stairs to get up there and over? No, or, yeah. they actually, the the bubble starts on the deck. Oh, and then they lift you up in the wings? In. Oh, okay. They lift you up. Well, I'm actually right, I'm right above in the rafters. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah. There's one seat I can always see from up there. I was just gonna ask, so what do you do? You must have at this point um, a fair amount of experience, you know, waiting there for your um, <laughs> for your entrance. What, uh, what do you do to sort of prep for a show? I usually breathe. I say a little prayer. Mm. And then I I actually kind of recite what happens at the end of the show mm. to kind of get me in the mental place for the beginning because our, our show kind of starts at the end and then it takes you back right. through the show. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you, could you tell even when you were up there uh, in the rafters that the energy was was different that Monday night? I could. Yeah. I really could. It's there's just, you know, it's like the chatter and also the fact that as soon as even the tiniest amount of the bubble was showing mm. beyond the curtain, the entire audience erupted yeah. into applause and you couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear the band. I couldn't hear. <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. I I was just looking at the monitors where we can see our conductor. And I was like, is he, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let him go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how did it feel different being in the part full time now? It feels like, it feels more relaxed in a way. It mm. feels like I, it feels like, not that, not that I have a chance to make mistakes. I don't think that's the, that's really the word for it, but it's like, I, I have a chance to find what makes my Glinda mine mm. Mm. and be knowing that I have a chance to, if I find something new, you know, tomorrow, for example, yeah. knowing that I get to try it again on Thursday and see if it fits. Right. And if it doesn't, I can try something else and, you know, just get to really live in her. Yeah. What, uh, and what does make your Glinda yours? Do you know at this point? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, every single person's Glinda is different mm. because we're because we're all different people. Yeah. So, you know, we all we all come to it with a, a specific set of circumstances because it's it's the same show every time. Right. And there's a there's a specific kind of persona and history that we know about Glinda. Mm. But then we all bring our own personalities and our own interpretations of that character, our own histories, our own, you know, we mm. bring all of that to our Glinda's as well. Yeah. So nobody's Glinda's the same. Yeah. 
Are you a Glinda personally? Would you consider yourself if if the archetype, you know, which Sex and the City character are you? Are you which right. Wicked character are you? Are you Glinda? Are you Elphaba? What? Honestly, I don't think I'm either. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, you know, maybe I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have never worn so much pink in my life as sure. I in, this, in this role. Um, but I would say I I am very, you know, sunny. Like my disposition is is very bright. I, I love to laugh and make people laugh. And I think that, I think Glenda likes to do that too. My Glenda likes to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, she's, she's very fun and playful and yes, they're there. She's very selfish and she has a lot of growing to do and she does grow. Mm. Um, but I think that's what is so wonderful about Glenda is that she is really malleable and she she changes so much over the course of the show and it it's it's really wonderful to get to play a character like that yeah were you able to interact with the audience at all you know at the stage door are you doing stage door right now for, no not because we can't. of COVID. yeah yeah no covid rules we, we're not allowed to go out and sign and yeah i i actually i was gonna go out of the stage door because yeah. i it had you know i i was getting decompressed and all of that you sure. know and it had been probably like 30 minutes since yeah. the curtain came down and I went down to the stage door and the security was like, there's a lot of people out there. And I was like, Oh no. Cause I used to, you know, pre pandemic, I used to love that. Mm-hmm. It's one yeah. of the best parts is getting yeah. to interact with people. It's, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's one of, it's one of the things that I, I miss most about what something that the pandemic really took from us. Yeah. Yeah. You talked a little bit about uh, this in an essay you wrote for us for Black History Month in in Variety, but I wonder if you could just talk a little bit more about, because there have been Black alphabas before, and Cynthia Erivo is going to play alphaba in the movie, but what for you is particularly meaningful about uh, a Black woman playing specifically Glinda? Yeah. Um, Well, what I kind of touched on in my essay Hmm. was... um, there is an inherent goodness about Glinda. People come in to Wicked with preconceived notions about how they're going to feel about her and yeah. who she is. And, you know, that stems all the way back from the Wizard of Oz. Glinda is the good witch. Right. And so, you know, and she comes down in a bubble in this sparkly blue gown and people are applauding and she's got a want. You know, it's just like you don't have to work very hard for people to love you as Glinda. Mm. And I think they're uh, having having that kind of inherent goodness placed on a person of color and as as a black woman in particular mm. is a type of archetype that we don't get very often. Yeah. And I just I think it is so powerful for especially for young people to be able to come in and and see that and feel that you can feel that in the audience Mm. you can feel the love and support that people are giving to glinda and you know people are rooting for alpha but she's she's the underdog everybody loves an underdog but you know there there really is something about about seeing yourself as good you know and wearing a crown (laughs) that is it's so special yeah You've got a heck of a wig too. I mean, as all uh, as oh, all uh, yeah. Glinda's do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many wigs. That yeah. I have. I have three of them. Yeah. Did you work on that? Was that? Um, did you have input on sort of how that looked and how? I did a yeah. little bit. You know, the we 
the wig designer from the beginning, mm. I mean, he, he had a vision for how he wanted it. And, um, our director, you know, that everybody had a vision for what they wanted. Yeah. And my input was more about what, what makes this look more natural mm. because Glinda, you know, Glinda doesn't wear a wig. Right. Right. And so my thing was, well, my Glinda shouldn't look like she's wearing a wig. Right. You know, I, I should, yeah. I, it should be the same. And as, as, as all the other Glindas, I mean, maybe she has highlights. Like Glinda probably goes <laughs> to the salon weekly, you know. So I'm sure she amps it up a little bit, but it should look like something that could grow out of my head, you right. know. So they they really did a wonderful job. Yeah, and <laughs> tell us a little bit about your time uh, in general um, with Wicked. What when did you first join? You know, tell tell us a little bit about in what capacities you have been uh, involved in the show. Oh yes, the, you know the before times feels yeah. so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I joined in 2018 right. in June. Mm -hmm. Somebody should fact check me because I'm horrible with dates okay. sometimes. Probably very much like Linda in that mm. case. Um, <laughs> um, but June of 2018, I started and I was um, in the ensemble and I understudied Glinda. Yeah. So every night I was on as my ensemble track and I was singing, dancing. That track is hard. Mm -hmm. That is like a real singer dancer track. Yeah, I would imagine. you're So you're an Aussian and... Uh, lots of other people, I would imagine. Lot, oh, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. at every, every scene pretty how, much. Yeah, how many in. costume changes? I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, so many. Yeah. And those costumes are heavy. Yeah, they look <laughs> you it. You know, yeah. we make it look easier. <laughs> they are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I did that track for a year. Mm. And then um, I want to say in June 2019, I got bumped up to the standby. Right. And so I was doing that until March 2020 when everything shut down. Yeah. And tell people, for those who don't know, what's the difference between an understudy and a, and a standby? Oh, yes. So um, an understudy has a role in the ensemble mm -hmm. that is, you know, their main role. And then if the lead is out, or in our case, because we also have a standby, if the lead and the standby are both out, then the understudy would go on. Right. Right. And so, go ahead. And, and a standby, yeah. <laughs> a standby... Um, doesn't is not in the show unless they are playing what they cover. Right. So there's no ensemble track. They just know Glinda or Alphaba. We have an Alphaba standby as well. Right. Yeah. And so you'd been on as Glinda. You know, I think your first one, first time was in 2019, if I'm remembering the date correctly. Yes, in January yeah. 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so at what point? At what point? About how often? First of all, about how often had you gone on as Glinda? Not very know? often, yeah. honestly. Our 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 previous Glinda, she had such stamina. Oh my goodness! Mm. Um, so she she was rarely out, you know, which is why when we came back in August, I hadn't been on from August to December. I hadn't been on. I, well, um, that's I was about to ask you that. That's, <laughs> that's actually pretty amazing, especially considering absences were far more common, you know, in the last right. months than Yeah. Well because you know, and you know, we would had people would get COVID and it yeah, just Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I was actually the Glinda that was on when everything shut down. I was on oh. a three week run. Oh, okay. And I was in my second week and we shut down. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And at what point were you approached to take on the role full time? Um I actually I found out during the pandemic. Mm. Um, I'm not going to remember the date. Well, I could go but, back into my journal and yeah. I wrote But it was down. before performances <laughs> had started up again. It was yeah, before, it's, okay. it's before, it's before we even really knew exactly when we mm. were coming back. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, I was approached about it and I was like, yes, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask, was that, I assume that might have, would have been something that you were hoping for. Tell, uh, tell us a little about, a bit about what excited you so much about it. Yeah, I mean, it was already one thing, you know, at that point, we had been gone for at least a year and a half. Yeah. And I moved to LA during the pandemic. Mm. So I was kind of doing... I mean, I was still acting, I was teaching, I, I really expanded my coaching business over the pandemic. Mm. And, you know, we were all getting used to a different kind of life. And right. even at the time, we didn't know exactly when we would be going back. And so even even getting offered that, it was like, yeah, I would love that. When When's that going to be? <laughs> <laughs> right. you know? and we really didn't know at the time. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like I was going back to start immediately. I was going back to to be the standby for however however many months right um so it didn't really feel it i i was excited and you know i was i was sworn to secrecy um yeah yeah but it really honestly it didn't really feel real until monday <laughs> yeah until i did it yeah and you're stepping into this role uh like not not just in Black History Month, but at a time when Broadway has a record number of shows by Black creators and the industry overall is working to sort of uh, rethink the way it operates in terms of equity and racial justice. And I wonder how that has played out in your experience with Wicked. Have things changed for you, you know, backstage or in the uh, in the process? Um. Yes and no. You know, I. Our environment in Wicked already is it's very supportive, I feel like. I think the the big things that changed are the conversations that are being had now mm. are more comprehensive as opposed to, you know, maybe just just one-on-one. And I think a lot of things have, have been brought to light mm. and one thing that I am, am really, really proud of Wicked for and proud to be a part of this company for is how they take constructive criticism. Mm. Because it's not that I never I never felt like any kind of discrimination or anything that would happen to me was done out of malice. Mm. Um, but now, especially that these conversations are being had, I feel like everybody is so open to to hearing what they can do differently and are, are making changes that I can see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very, very proud of Wicked for that. Yeah. And uh, broadly speaking, how do you feel like the story and the themes of Wicked land differently now in 2022 versus, you know, maybe your final performance, uh, in 2020? Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think it it changes nightly, honestly. Um, I mean, I I think the the themes change every time I go on stage, honestly. Um, But the thing about Wicked is it is always relevant. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, we're still dealing with so much injustice in so many aspects of our society that um, you could almost apply it to anything and it's, and it's relevant. And hopefully, hopefully people go in and come out with a new perspective on how, how to at least maybe change their minds. You know, that's, that's the first step. 
I'll have more with Brittany right after the break. And now, here's more with the actor Brittany Johnson. Understudies and standbys have always been a part of Broadway and how it works, right? And Though they're usually unsung heroes, but in recent months, we talked a little bit about this uh, a little earlier, that it's they've sort of gotten a spotlight just because they are uh, their um, their integral nature is like so so much more apparent now is like there yes. so, there have been so many upheavals and so I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about what life is like both as an understudy and a standby like what's your day to day and I've actually been a swing as well I've oh, I have okay I've run the gamut yeah. Um, <laughs> And I will tell you, swings and understudies and standby, truly, they are heroes. Yeah. Dance captains mm. are superheroes. <laughs> like yeah. I don't, I don't, th- I could never be a dance captain. There, wow, yeah. wow, I'm constantly in awe. Um, but, and I'm so glad that people are starting to understand what it takes to be a cover. Yeah. What does it take? Tell us about it. Oh my goodness. I mean, you have to, not only do you have to do your job every night, Mm. but you have to be ready at any moment's notice to lead a show. Yeah. One that maybe you haven't rehearsed in weeks. Mm. And it's not, it's not easy to, to tap into that kind of energy. It's not, I mean, even if you're just thinking at it, thinking of it from a physical standpoint, wearing new costumes mm. that fit and, you know, <laughs> you, you have to carry them differently because they're wider. Yeah. You're Now you're worried about, am I holding this the right way? Am I standing on the exact right number to not impale someone with this wand? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot to think about. And for people that, especially for swings that cover multiple tracks. Yeah. At a mo, I mean, at places they could get get a call that they're on for something. Wow, yeah, that that's happened to me before as a swing. I was, I was it, the all of half out. We're usually called half an hour before the show. Yeah, and you know, I ordered my Chinese food. I was, I was ready for a relaxing day at the theater. <laughs> and at places, I get a call that I'm on for the lead of the show. <laughs> Not even not one of my ensemble tracks. The right. principal track yeah. at places. <laughs> and I had to warm up. I had to get myself in the headspace. I had to remember. Yeah. You know, everything that happens. It's like, ooh. How do you stay prepared for something like that? What's the what's the uh, you know, your day-to-day routine of that when you're not going on as Glinda or any of those other parts that you might be covering? Yeah. Well, you have to sing every day. That that's a mm. big one. And that's something that I think we all kind of learned over the pandemic mm. um, that, you you know, if you don't use it, you do kind of lose it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we were all a little rusty trying to shake off the vocal cords. Yeah. Um, but you do, you have to, you have to move your body every day. You have to warm up every day. And as a swing, especially, I was watching the show almost every night. Yeah. And just, I would track one person at a time. Yeah. I would, I I um I was a swing at the Lunt Fontaine doing mm. Motown, mm-hmm. and so there was a little, there was an area in the back of the orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of space, and so some of the swings we would just go back there and dance, and the audience wouldn't see us. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'd be back there doing the entire show. <laughs> How many roles would you be covering at a time in, for instance, Motown? 
in Motown, I covered eight ensemble tracks plus Diana Ross. Wow. So nine roles I was responsible for. And do you find that when you go on, it's in you or it's... Yes. How does it happen every time, I guess? It it is in you. There are... I always had little cheat notebooks Mm. that I hid around the theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, But it, it is in you. But I think that there is something that you just have to accept as a swing that it's not going to be perfect Mm. because you are a human being. Yeah. And that's something that's really hard. I think for lots of artists, it's something that's hard for me for sure. Mm. Anytime that I get on, like, you don't have to be perfect. You're a human being. This is live. You know, I have to remind myself of that a lot, especially if my voice cracks, I'm like, ah, Mm. um, (laughs) but that's something as a swing, I think, I really, really learned was like, if you don't go out there, you don't hurt anyone, you don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. And the show goes up and they clap. It was a win. Right. Yeah. What else did you find you learned during your experience as an understudy in a swing and a standby? Or, and what kind of skills did it give you that you might not have developed otherwise? I am so grateful that my first Broadway show was as a swing hmm. because the the amount i think of pressure and hype that you put on yourself for your broadway debut is already so high that (laughs) when i was like and also i i had a planned show that i was supposed to go on for and i ended up going on two weeks prior in an emergency situation so oh (laughs) so there was a a lot i didn't even have a chance to be nervous i remember i had to go back home to even bring my makeup to the theater i didn't have anything at the theater because wow. uh, i was still yeah. i was still learning you know six of nine tracks yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> but that that experience one it taught me what i was capable of i never in a million years would i have thought that i could keep all of that information in my head and execute it at you know, that high a level, like, I mean, Broadway is, it's the top of the theater game, really, you yeah, know, and yeah. it was getting cast as a swing. I remember when I first got the offer, I was terrified. And yeah, I was like, I was gonna ask, why? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, why would they hire me to do all of this dancing? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but then, you know, learning it and realizing that they trusted me to do it meant that I I was capable. And so I just kind of let that insecurity go. And when you can learn nine tracks, you can learn two. So <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. after that, it was like, oh, you just need me to cover one role? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I, I, I've got at least at least six others I can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was Broadway always the goal for you? Once, once it became the goal, it was the goal, hmm. but if that makes sense. Yeah, when was but, that? Um, uh, really not until high school. Hmm. I, um, I grew up singing and I, I wanted to be a singer. And I, I joke around all the time that I wanted to be Mar- Mariah Carey, which hmm. I, I very much did um, and, and still do secretly. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't really, I didn't really consider Broadway because I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really know about it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think I, I knew it existed and I knew 
I knew musicals. I knew movie musicals. Yeah. Um, Where was this? Where were you growing up? I grew up in Washington, D.C. Yeah. In Maryland. Um, but I, I went to a, you know, academic based high school. We had a really wonderful arts program. I was very lucky. Um, hmm. But I wasn't. Once I once I was thinking about college, I was thinking, okay, well, I want to study music, but I don't want to study opera. And also, when I'm saying talking about thinking about college, this started my freshman year, maybe mm, even okay. eighth grade. I'm yeah. quite the quite the planner, quite the <laughs> overachiever. Um, <laughs> and so it really kind of formed in my head. I did a pre college program at NYU. Mm. Um, I want to say summer of before the 11th grade, I want to say. Mm. Um, and in that summer, I saw like 30 Broadway shows. And I had all of this acting training and vocal training. And I, you know, I'd been studying private voice since I was eight. Yeah. But studying voice in a way that was performance based was really new for me. Yeah. And it spoke to me so much because it, it was kind of what 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 I feel like I was naturally doing, but really learning learning from you know Broadway actors and people that were are in this industry, um, it really it it just opened my eyes to an entire world that I didn't really know existed in this capacity. And so after that summer, it it was solidified for me. I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. And then my blinders were on. I went to NYU for musical theater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I minored mm -hmm. in child and adolescent mental health. Mm. And that was it. The rest was history for me. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you get your first Broadway show? Mm, Which was well, Motown. Yeah, first... that was Motown. Yeah. Right. That was my yeah. first Broadway show. But my mm. first job right out of college was the Les Mis Broadway National Tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was the 25th anniversary tour. Mm. And that I, I booked that literally the week after graduation. Wow. Um, uh. But I had been auditioning for it for a year. <laughs> I think I auditioned for that show. Like they brought me in. I'm not even exaggerating. Probably 14 times. Wow. I was mm. back and forth in for that show. Did you play Eponine? Did I see that? Is that right? I understudied her on okay. the tour. Okay, I played yeah. it on Broadway though. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and what advice would you give to young performers, you know, hoping to uh, show up on Broadway as, as you have? Oh my God. I have so much advice. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I have learned so much. It's, and it's one of the reasons why I started teaching mm. um, is because I, I really believe that every single person's journey is going to be different. And, and it has to do with your, your readiness and your and i mean that in an emotional mental spiritual readiness there are this is not for everyone being in the entertainment industry it is not for everyone and it shouldn't be it's, it's really hard um, <laughs> um but i think i try to think of it as like what what would i have told myself and I think I would have told myself to relax <laughs> mm -hmm. and to not be afraid of the other things that I loved and to 
to really explore myself as a fully dimensioned human. Cause like I said, I just said, you know, I, I put my blinders on and that's what I did. Mm. And I think there's a lot of life that you miss when, when you are that laser focused on any one thing. And especially as an actor, I think the best actors are people that ha have lived full lives or are living full lives. Yeah. So how, you know, how can you tap into all of these different facets of the human experience if you don't have any? <laughs> right. um, and, you know, that's something that I learned when I moved to New York City for college and just throughout my entire career. And that I'm still learning is, you know, how do you, how do you balance life and career, especially when your career is so wrapped up in your life yeah. and it, it, it takes so much of your, your time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long are you in Wicked for? Do you know yet? Yes. So far I, um, or for now, yeah, <laughs> not for so now. far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for now, for now I'm, I'm in it until November. Okay, great. And what's next for you? Do you know? I don't know. You know, I, I have a dream of, um, being in, television and mm. film. I'm a writer. Mm. So I have, you know, I have projects that I want to produce. I teach, mm. I, you know, I just, I, I want to be able to explore all the different, all of the different sides of this, of this industry that I'm interested in and that I love and to, to help other people yeah. that are interested in being here as well. Um, you know, I think I, I am so excited to be able to, to play this on Broadway. Um, mm. I think I think I ho I hope next for me is um is is some something on screen. Okay. Yeah. I'd I'd love to be able to to try something new. Yeah. And is there another part in another Broadway show that you've always wanted to play? Yes. <laughs> Ton I mean, yes, tons. <laughs> um you know, but out of everything that's on Broadway right now, I think I'm exactly where I want to be. Well, good. <laughs> that's great to I hear. I know. Right. I, I feel very, very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are in it uh, at least until November, we know. So um, enjoy the rest of your run. Thanks so much, Brittany. Thanks for talking with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was Brittany Johnson, now playing the role of Glinda in the Broadway musical Wicked. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about Stagecraft, or give us a shout-out on social media. Find past episodes or subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. 
there's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 